0: Welcome to this week's podcast edition of Scripps Five Must Know Things, this time for the business week ended 24th September 2021. This is Ian Haydock. This time, an interview with the president of Novartis Pharma, Biogen highlights its pipeline, standout comparative data for NHER2 in breast cancer, Sanofi Regeneron nip at Truder's heels in first line lung cancer, and a look at the market prospects for wet AMD. Novartis Pharmaceuticals President Marie-France Tzudin oversees the company's largest business unit by sales, responsible for blockbuster brands like Kocentix, Entresto and Zolgensma, and overseeing new launches. Sales in the business unit grew 10% in the first half of 2021 to $12.95 billion, with strong growth coming from key brands and boosted by COVID-19 recovery. Two years after taking over the pharma president role in June 2019, Sudin is focused on continuing to drive growth out of the company's anchor brands while establishing the next wave of big pharma sellers, namely Casimpta and Lecvio and other pipeline drugs. Casimpta launched in September 2020, despite the challenging pandemic situation, as a new CD20-targeting monoclonal antibody approach for multiple sclerosis. Lecvio, a PCSK9 inhibitor administered twice annually, was approved in Europe in December 2020, but was delayed in the US because of the FDA's inability to inspect the third-party manufacturing facility due to COVID-related travel restrictions. Novartis has since resubmitted the bla relying on one of its own internal manufacturing facilities in Austria, and is expecting action on the application by 1st January, 2022. Sudin talked to Scripps' Jessica Merrill in an interview in New York City on 16th September about preparations for the expected launch of Siren in the US, how COVID-19 has abended business practices for good and bad, and other topics like US drug pricing reform and payer dynamics in the US and Europe. Part one of the Q&A focuses on the COVID-19 recovery, the launch of Cosimpeta, and preparations for the US launch of Inclisiran. And part two will cover pricing issues and anchor franchises. In the wide-ranging interview, the executive addresses issues such as the impact from COVID-19 evolving in the second half of this year, on which she noted, It is still a little bit of a mixed picture because we have definitely seen a recovery. If I look at our own business in many of the therapeutic areas in terms of our ability to reach customers, we are actually higher than pre-COVID levels. But where you do see that things haven't quite come back to normal is that patients are still not back at physicians' offices the way they were pre-COVID. That is really worrying. Do check out the complete interview for this and other insights in full. Pyogen is keen to show that it has more in its R&D pipeline than its newly approved Alzheimer's drug Aduhelm, which is struggling to meet even conservative early sales expectations. So the company hosted an RD day on 21st September to showcase its 33 early through late stage clinical programs for investors. The pipeline will yield clinical trial results between fall of 2021 and late 2022 for five drug candidates from two proof of concept studies and four phase three trials. Those readouts will come from drugs for Alzheimer's disease, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, depression and schizophrenia, Mandy Jackson writes. Many depend on genetic causes of disease or other biomarkers, as part of Biogen's efforts to increase the likelihood of success and reduce the risk associated with neuroscience and immunology drug development. The company's early to late-stage clinical R&D pipeline also includes therapeutic candidates for stroke and lupus. Biogen head of R&D, Alfred Sandrock, said during the investor event that the company considers four key factors In determining whether to advance drug candidates discovered internally and by external partners, these are unmet need for patients, caregivers, doctors, and payers, a drug target validated by human genetics, molecular pathophysiology, or clinical observations, whether the drug can benefit from Biogen's core competencies, and the feasibility of development based on current tools, clinical measures, and regulatory science. Biogen is investing in research tools and partnerships to investigate genetic drivers of disease and other biomarkers that help de-risk early programs in development. The science is breaking and the technologies are at hand, Sandrock said. We believe this is exactly the right time to be pioneers in neuroscience. AstraZeneca and Daiichi Sankyo's NHERD2. One of the standout drugs at the European Society for Medical Oncology meeting, with head to head data from Destiny Breast 03 presented on 18th September showing an overwhelming benefit on progression free survival versus Roche's CADSILA in second line HER2 positive breast cancer. Jessica Merrill writes that the strong data are expected to position then HER2 as the new standard of care in the second line setting and raised expectations for the drug's staged move into the first-line breast cancer setting and other solid tumour indications. The data were expected to impress because the companies already revealed in a top-line data release that the newer antibody drug conjugate was superior to CadsiLa, an older ADC, that combines the monoclonal antibody in Herceptin, the cytotoxic agent. The margin of benefit still came as a surprise however, with NHER2 showing a 72% reduction in risk of disease progression or death compared to CADSILA at the pre-specified interim analysis. The medium PFS for patients treated with NHER2 was not reached after 15.5 months of follow-up, while the medium PFS was 6.8 months for those treated with CADSILA after 13.9 months of follow-up. On investigator assessed PFS, which was a key secondary endpoint, patients treated with NHER2 experienced a threefold improvement in PFS of 25.1 months versus 7.2 months for CADSILA. Overall survival data were not yet mature, but there was a trend towards improved OS with NHER2. The strong results suggest NHER2 is well positioned to supplant CADSILA as the second line choice following initial treatment with trastuzumab and chemotherapy. NHER2 handedly beat former standard of care CADSILA on all efficacy metrics, tripling PFS and doubling the response rate, which should continue the drug's advancement into earlier lines of therapy, SVB Lyric analyst Andrew Behrens said in a 20th September research note. The data also validate the expensive partnering deal AstraZeneca signed with Daiichi Sankyo in 2019 to gain global rights to the ADC. AstraZeneca paid $1.35 billion upfront and agreed to pay up to $6.9 billion in total for rights to the therapy. Rival immunotherapies trying to challenge American Co.'s PD-1 blocker Keytruda in first-line advanced non-small cell lung cancer have made little headway to date. But new data from sanofi and Regeneron's Lipteo suggests it could be the blockbuster's closest contender yet. The partner's Empower Lung 3 study differs from other trials in the field by enrolling subjects with both squamous and non-squamous tumors and all levels of PD-L1 expression. Trial showed that their anti-PD-1 product, Libteo, given in combination with chemotherapy, broadly matched Keytruda plus chemotherapy in newly diagnosed people with metastatic NSCLC. Andrew McConaughey writes it reduced the relative risk of death by 29% versus chemotherapy alone, producing a 22-month median overall survival across histologies compared with 13 months for chemo alone. Median progression-free survival was eight and five months, respectively, a 46% relative reduction in the risk of disease progression. That's well short of the 50% relative risk reduction in death that Keytruda achieved in the Keynote 189 trial in non-squamous NSCLC, which was the basis of its approval for first-line use in combination with chemo in 2018 but it was close to the 36% reduction seen in the Keynote 407 trial in Squamous NSCLC. The combination also achieved a 43% objective response rate compared with 23% for chemo alone, with a median duration of response of 16 months versus 7 months, respectively. The fact that Empower Lung 3 pools different patients together makes direct comparisons with other trials problematic but Regeneron and Sanofi claimed the data surpassed other competitors apart from Keytruda, including Roche's Tecentric and BMS's Opdivo. Although the product was sixth in the PD-1, PD-L1 inhibitor class to reach the market, Regeneron is now confident that Libteo can leapfrog its competitors in NSC-LC and confirm that it would be filing the results with regulators shortly. Finally, the U.S. treatment market for wet age-related macular degeneration has been solidly established for a decade, dominated by two powerhouse anti-VEGF brands, Regeneron's ILEA and Roche's Lucentis. In the next six months, however, the market is poised for a shake-up, with the potential launch of the first biosimilar versions of Lucentis in the U.S. and the first specific antibody for wet AMD, Roche's Vicerimab. Regeneron's top priority is defending its market leadership position in the category with ILEA, which is the company's top seller and a high-growth brand even after 10 years on the market. Regeneron is currently testing a high-dose version of ILEA in phase 3 studies, which, if successful, could extend the duration of treatment and strengthen the brand's position against new competition. Ilea and Lucentis are also approved for various diabetic eye diseases that affect the retina including diabetic macular edema and diabetic retinopathy. The opportunity remains significant despite current treatment options partly because of the aging population and because of growth opportunities in indications in diabetic eye diseases where growth rates are higher. But the biologics require regular burdensome injections into the eye with varying degrees of duration, which means drug makers see an opportunity for improvement. But one key question, Jessica Merrill writes, is how payers will perceive the value of high-cost brands that deliver more durability if a cheaper biosimilar version of Lucentis is available. Off-label use of another VEGF inhibitor, reformulated version of Roche's Avastin, is already commonplace in the category even though it was never approved by the US FDA for wet AMD. Because it costs less some insurers require its use as a step edit before moving on to treatment with Lucentis or ILEA. Pressure from payers to reduce spending in the category will surely be intense given the costs of ILEA and Lucentis. Samsung Bioepis' Biosimilar Lucentis was approved by the FDA on 20th September under the brand name Buvis. The same product was just approved by regulators in Europe, though a launch in Europe is not expected until 2022. That's all for this time. Many thanks for listening. All the articles in full mentioned here are linked in the article accompanying this podcast, and do take a free trial if you're not already a subscriber to see what you're missing. Bye for now.